Have you dreamed of bigger things for your life? Then you are in the right place. Each week, you will be given tips on how to change your inner dialogue, conquer your goals, and ways to step into a higher version of yourself. I'm your host, Lauren Kubat. I'm a motivational speaker who hosts personal development events. I'm a sought-after fitness instructor, a wife, and a mom of two young boys. I'm obsessed with all things personal development, and I believe anyone can achieve the life they want. Let the Become Your Vision podcast be the inspiration you need to step into greater things. Now let's go. Hi guys, welcome back to the show. Thank you for being here. This is episode 98. 98, so that means in two weeks, the 100th episode will be out. We are going to be doing a huge giveaway for the 98th episode. If you are not following me on Instagram, what are you even doing with your life? Just kidding. But you should be definitely following me at Lauren period Kubat, K-U-B-A-T on Instagram. The giveaway is going to be awesome. I'm teaming up with some of my past guests who have businesses and the giveaway is going to be fuego. It's going to be awesome. So make sure you are staying tuned for all of that information. Our guest today is Claire. Claire Cooey. I think I pronounced it correctly. She <laughs> sent me how, yeah, Cooey and how to pronounce it a little pronunciation thing. (laughs) But anyway, the conversation that we had was so good. And there's just so many great little tips that she dropped and just great reminders that we can all use. So stay tuned to the very end because you're just going to get so much insight from her. I love her personality. I love her realness. If you have kids in the car, maybe you want to listen to this when they're not around or um, let them know that there are going to be adult words involved in this episode. She asked me specifically, she's like, can I say this word? I'm like, go for it. I'm all about expressing yourself through, through language. I love to drop an F-bomb every now and again. It just feels so good. (laughs) So anyway, make sure if you love this episode that you're sharing on social media, you are leaving a review. Did I tell you reviews? I love reviews, especially ones on Apple Podcasts that mean so much to me, you guys. I think I'm at 109. Can you help me get those reviews up a little bit more? I'm asking. Asking you shall receive. That's what they say. So I'm asking. That would mean the world to me, even if you've already left a review. Okay, you guys, enjoy our conversation. Hey, before we get into today's episode, I want to talk to you about being financially fit. Finances can be a huge stressor in many households, not to mention confusing, because it's not something that is generally taught in school. So it can be a bit overwhelming when trying to figure out what to invest in, how to invest, creating a budget, and paying off debt. Deborah Ostrom is a sponsor of the show, and she is also a financial coach who helps women create their own financial plan with simple methods, and she offers one-on-one coaching and has an online program to help women take control of their financial future. Check out her website, DebraOstrom.com. That's D-E-B-R-A-O-H-S-T-R-O-M.com to learn more about 
how she helps women master their money. And I will leave all that information in the show notes. Hi. Hi, guys. How are you? I hope you are doing well. I'm excited about our guest today. Most of my guests I find on Instagram, and this one was found on Instagram too. Let me share a little bit about who I am talking to today. Her name is Claire Cooey. She is an international sales expert, trainer, and speaker who has led multi-seven-figure sales teams to close to over $9 million in high-ticket sales. 4 million of that was in 2020. So, so crazy. I can't wait to discuss with Claire all about that. Previously struggling struggling as a yoga instructor, Claire discovered the importance of self-worth by mastering the spiritual aspect of sales. This has inspired her to teach others how to be leaders in sales conversations so they too can receive more of what they deserve. With experience in leading and consulting teams for multi-seven-figure entrepreneurs such as Lisa Nichols, Rachel Bell, and Sage Levine, Claire is an expert in teaching online coaches and service service providers, how to convert high ticket sales without pushing or convincing. Since 2014, Claire has been teasing, teaching, teasing, maybe that's involved as well. (laughs) (laughs) Coaches, how to have a permission based sales conversation that results in consistent 10, 20 to upwards of 50 K months by empowering coaches to confidently stand in their highest value. Claire, thank you for being here today. Oh, thank you so much. And I just had this moment of hearing, I've, I've told you earlier, but I had a week off of work and not being in this space of the doing this and I'm like, oh, wow, this is like a nice refresher of hearing how far we've come, you know, and um, yeah. thank you for that beautiful intro. <laughs> yes, of course. I'm excited to talk to you about your week off because you t- literally took a week off of everything and we'll get to all of that uh, in a second because I feel like that's really important to talk about too. But I want to talk about the beginning journey of you being a struggling yoga instructor. I have listeners, most of my listeners are into fitness. They've taken my classes or they're just intrigued by fitness alone. I have, uh, several listeners who are becoming instructors or beginning, uh, their journey as, uh, an instructor. So take us back to that. How long ago was that? And what was that stage of your life? Like, yeah. So man, I'm just actually thinking, when did I really start getting into fitness? And, and well, fitness has always been kind of a part of my life. It's been an evolution as, as we all are on a journey. And I've, I've been very athletic my entire life. I was a softball player, college cheerleader, cheerleader and in high school, and that just never stopped. And uh, I basically went into fitness, teaching group exercise and uh, becoming a strength and conditioning coach. I was the one of the only, I was the only female head strength and conditioning coach for five years for Denver public schools. Uh, and I'm also a 500 hour yoga trained yoga teacher in alignment specific, but yeah, I, I think I've started fitness right in 2005, man. That just seems so long ago. It was like almost <laughs> 20 years ago. And, um, I, I basically like went into my first personal training job and gig right out of college. And yeah, I mean to hear, this is also why thinking about how I started in fitness and I was, I mean, it was a struggle. If you're still teaching, um, if your listeners are teaching yoga or group X, I mean, 
it's, it is, it is a, um, sometimes a thankless job and mostly too, from the resource aspect. It's like, it's not like you're, I was definitely struggling financially. Um, and when I say struggling, I mean, I was making $14,000 a year. Like mm-hmm. it was just, I, I look back and I'm like, wow, I don't, I don't know how I survived. It just goes to show like how resilient uh, humans can be women can be because I, I really made it work for a long time making that that amount of money um and yeah that life is just drastically different now that i've learned and and teach other people how to communicate value which is essentially what sales is mm. so how long were you an instructor and was that like the path that you tended to go on or did it just kind of fall into your into your lap what was that like i you know, I started personal training because it just kind of fell into my lap. Honestly, I mean, I, I I think I had I knew I had walked into a gym, and it was what they would call um, black iron gyms. Like it, it was like a mom and pop operation. It wasn't like a big box twenty four hour fitness, and uh, it was it, like basically back in the day they used to have just like black iron weights that were just not branded or anything, and they were metal, which is like, you don't see that now because you could literally break a toe or a foot. And I walked in and I, um, my, my boyfriend at the time had said to me, oh, you're not going to like it because they don't have TVs. It's like kind of like a basic, you know, gym. And I, I'm super competitive. And I was like, oh, you think I'm not going to like it? Why don't you think I'm going to like it? And um, he essentially pegged me as like, oh, at the time, part of it was true. I was going to run on the treadmill and like, get an elliptical and like, you know, sweat, sweat it out. And I was really intrigued. So I I walked into the gym and I was like, I'm going to get a trainer and I'm going to learn how to lift weights. And and that's really how it started. And then I was like, Oh, there's actually something more to, to lifting weights and getting stronger. There's actually a method. So I, I had a mentor at the time who really taught me the basics of anatomy and not the, not even the basics, like the, the fundamentals of strength training and, I mean, I went all the way. I went, I, I, when I fall into the rabbit hole, I mean, I fall deep. Mm. I, within, uh, I'd say it was maybe 2000. This is like a long time ago. I was a fitness competitor at most. Oh. I'm sure some of your, uh, listeners have thought or seen what we call now bikini competitors before mm-hmm. they didn't, they didn't even have bikini. I was one of the first, um, the first year they had bikini in the the NPC, I, I placed pretty high. I went to, I went to nationals and I placed fifth on a national level. And I mean, it was all kind of fun. I mean, I fell deep into the, to the well of fitness and ironically is actually, I I look back, it was one of those sickest sick, like literally actually sick, um, Mm. sickest times, both mentally, spiritually, and physically. I was Mm. not, you know, I looked great, I do like big quotation. I looked great, right. man. I was, I was really not in a good place. Mm, yeah, it wreaks uh, havoc on your, just your your gut health and your mental health and body dysmorphia. And I've talked to, uh, you know, competitors on here before, and they'll say, yeah, you know, you have to have a re- 
you, you have to train your mind. Like there was one person that was like, no, I never faced body dysmorphia afterwards, but she started competing later in life, like 57, like crazy. And, um, but yeah, people will ask like, oh, are you going to compete? I'm like, I don't think mentally I could prepare myself for that. And then also I like wine and chocolate. We actually like to, yeah. I also just want to hold space to if there's people out there that are listening that are in that circuit, I just want to, I want to um, let you know that it's a, it's a, it's part of your journey. And Mm -hmm. because I actually will say for sure, when I was in that realm, um, I was very justified. I would really make it right. And that was my viewpoint and it was the only way to go. And um, it was, it was just a, a real part of, I, I actually, as sick as I was mm-hmm. and as sick, I mean, I was well in, I was suffering with an eating disorder and body disorder dysmorphia. I was spiritually like, what was that? I was not in touch. Psychologically, I was unwell. I mean, it was really, it did a number on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, now the hindsight is I really bless that, that time I bless it because had I not, I'm a tough learner. I'm like mm. resilient to a fault. I, if I didn't hit the bottom and my bottom specifically, I, I just can see this clear as day. I was, um, I had, I was standing backstage and if you've ever been to a, a, a show, whether you're an observer, I mean, it's a bizarre situation. Okay. People are basically walking around naked. I mean, right. you know, you're wearing a bikini, but the, the men backstage are like, you know, they're in these little briefs and we're all orange because we're, we're just, you know, wearing this d- bizarre fake tanner and there's a smell. I can't, <laughs> I, <laughs> those of you who have competed, no, it's a smell. That's kind of like, um, uh, I'm not sure if I, if cornhole had a smell. Oh my smell God. Like, <laughs> oh my smell God. like that. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm standing backstage and what they, they basically line you up like, um, like cattle. I mean, yeah. just, it's like a cattle call and you're standing back there and it's dark. And I just remember sitting, standing back there in my these weird plasticky heels. And I just had this moment, spirit really talked to me, spirit, God, divine universe source, whatever, however you, you identify it. But I got, it talked to me mm-hmm. and it, it hit me right in my heart. And I was like this, I'm sad. I realized, I realized I was sad. And mm-hmm. I, and I, it just hit me that I just don't want to do this anymore. This sucks. Mm-hmm. This, I, I don't know what happiness looks like, but it's not this. Yeah. And it didn't matter how I placed because I, I started to realize that it, the, the love and the approval that I was seeking, it was just an, it was a bottomless pit. Like right. if I was depending on my value and, and somebody saying that you did a good job because your butt cheek looks a little bit better than hers that is just a rabbit you're never going to catch. It's not because the only validation that matters is your self-validation. The only first place, the only prize that matters in this life is you recognizing that you are the prize. It's not Mm. something external. It's not something you get because you're, you're, you know, you've got abs. It's not, that's not what matters. What matters is your own validation and your own acknowledgement that you are not even did a good job. I used to say that, but because you're you 
And right. who you are is not an ab. It's not a vein. It's you are something so much deeper and so much more rich than any aesthetic or any any um, shape your body is. Mm. Who you are is so goes way past that. So I say that because this might be really triggering to hear because mm. you might your listeners might be chasing that. You might be mm. going after that. And I again just want to make that right. I, I did it too. Yeah. I did it too. I'm not here speaking from a pedestal. Like I get it. Mm-hmm. And, um, and some people can compete. I don't, I will say, I don't, I've not met one Yeah, that has a healthy outlook on, on standing on stage and letting 10 people tell you thumbs up or thumbs down. Right. Just, you're putting yourself in a position. It's not, doesn't really bode well. Yeah. I feel like you have to just have this. I don't know. I don't I'd like almost be like, uh, separate yourself, like from it all, like detached almost like, and you know, it is a sport, but yeah, that's very rare to find. And, um, but obviously, like you said before, if it's your journey, you feel like that's your journey, you know, so be it, you know? Um, but yeah. And then you, you're able to look back on that and be like, Oh, you know, you learn from those times. So you're at your rock bottom and you're like, Hey, you know, I'm not going to do this anymore this sucks. How did you, so now you teach other coaches how they can create more income and make consistent sales. What was that transition like? So are do you still teach group fitness? I don't, okay. I, you know, I actually was thinking, um, I really miss teaching yoga. I mean, I do, I practice yoga almost every day, whether it's meditation or actual, the physical practice, the asana. And, um, I, th- so that, that, that this all happened, it seems now hindsight, it happened so fast, but okay. in reality, it took time to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided, so I, I stopped competing and I, I was, a strength coach. I was personal training. And the truth was, I mean, I I had really great fitness cred, like my street cred and fitness was (laughs) solid. I was, you know, a strength coach was the only female one in, in, in the area that was like working in that way. Um, and if there was the industry was just not, there was not a lot of open doors for women to be like a head strength conditioning coach in a, like in a, in that environment. So, um, and I, I was a contributor, writer, model for Yoga Journal, which is an international, it's the foremost um, yoga publication. Uh, mm. I was also a Lululemon ambassador for two years. So, I mean, I had some solid, you know, I had some solid street cred as far as fitness, right. but the paper looked great, but the actual paper in my bank account was <laughs> like, it was not there. And to me, there was a huge disconnect because I right. knew I knew that I had so much credential. I knew that I had invested time, energy, literally blood, sweat, and tears mm-hmm. into learning the body and to learn and teaching people how, but my bank account was not reflecting that. Mm. And that's when I just, I, I couldn't, I had hit another bottom. Like I was just like a bottomless. I was a lot of bottoms. <laughs> I had to, I'm a tough learner. So I, I um, was at a point and the, the other turning point was I had gone to my CPA 
And I, there's like a threshold where you actually have to pay a little bit in taxes if you're 1099. So mm. I, for years, I guess I was flying, literally flying under that radar of making that much money. Um, but I had owed the IRS something like $3,000. And I, I mean, just do the math, like 14K a year that I was claiming. Right. Um, it was like $3,000. I think I actually said out loud, this may as well be 30,000. Right. Because like, how was I going to make that? I mean, like, I, I didn't save up. I did not, financial literacy was not something that was taught to me. Um, so I, I was clear that something had to change. I either needed to make this work and actually make a business and not just kind of slide by. I actually had to, to make a business and I invested in my very first business coaches Mm. And within three months, I had made my first 6K month. Mm. So think about that, right? So my, I'm not great at math, but this is like, you know, this is kind of, you see, 14K a year, I have a 6K month, like my money ceiling was completely shattered, completely exploded. I had blown it out of the water. I was like, oh my gosh, this is possible. Like I can do it. So I, I started learning. And what the key for me was too, was not the marketing because I was too scared to market. I was too scared to say, this is what I did. And I'm the expert at this. I was way too scared to do that. But what I learned, if I was too scared to market, but I could sell, if I could talk to people and show them the value, show them and communicate to them what I did in a way that was articulate and clear and succinct, if I could communicate and to the thing that they thought they wanted, and put it all together, I didn't need a market. And mm. essentially I didn't. I mean, my, my form of marketing, I was still teaching yoga at the time. I would, you know, talk to somebody after class and say, hey, this is, I noticed X, Y, Z. I'd love to chat with you about, you know, how we could fix and get you get use of the solution based on what you told me. And I that's how I was really able to have consistent income at that point. I was selling a $3,000 package, which is like in my gym, my, the, the gym that I was renting out from, like there was nobody there was charging that much. And like mm-hmm. a lot of my, a lot of my, um, peers who were also in, at the time, I would say I was in definitely scarcity mindset. Mm-hmm. Who am I to charge this? Nobody else is charging this much. This is the standard. Like my ceiling was very low because nobody else is charging $3,000 for three months to work with me. To, to work with them. So I really had to break a lot of my, my own mental blocks around it, mm-hmm. around the societal blocks, even my, my little community. Um, so when I learned that selling was really the way to create financial freedom, to, to, to break the bonds and the, the handcuffs of time for money, mm-hmm. that's, that's, I could, that specific moment was when I learned, oh, wow, like this is, this is the way out. This is, yeah. this is how I, I, I become financially free. Go back to where you, okay. So you were like hitting rock bottom. You're like, oh my gosh, I owed all this money in taxes. How, okay. And then you said you, you hired a business coach, but at that point you were working for somebody else. You didn't really have a business. So, right. So you decided, okay, I'm going to have a business. Or I'm going to make this work. Tell us what that business was, how you um, came to affording that business coach. Right. I will. So I'll say this. I couldn't back back then. And I said this, I can't afford that. I couldn't afford that. Mm -hmm. But what one thing that my first coaches and this, this first 
conversation with my very first business coaches changed my life because I learned, wow, sales doesn't have to feel weird. She was really listening to me. She understood where I was at. Like it was all very, like what I call heart-based, like mm-hmm. from the heart. She was really with me. Um, and yeah, it, so once I got great at sales, I had my first $6,000 a month. My business coach back then, she was, she was smart. She was like, I want you to work for me. And mm-hmm. so it was like a little team that I was working. I basically was the head of the sales department, which, which is just me. And um, from that, I started really learning, okay, what does it take to, to, to build a sales department from the ground up, to be in charge? Um, and from that, different teams started hiring me. So I was, still, I was still having my own little business of fitness, and I would sell personal training programs. I was starting, this is also back before things were really online. Like mm. this is like, it was like, a, this is a long time ago. And um, I still was having my own fitness business where I was charging pers- online personal training clients, $3,000. You know, all I needed was like to me back then to be financially like safe was like, I just needed one, right? one a month. I was like, I was good to go. Um, and so because I got really great at sales, I really started to understand that that was the key. That was like, if it didn't matter how much I marketed, if I couldn't convert, if I couldn't get people to, you know, to say yes and, you know, throw their credit card at me, it didn't matter how much I marketed. Mm. So when I understood that, that's when things really started changing. So my coaches hired me and then it just, it built up steam. I started becoming sought out after. This is what a lot of like half my business is in leading and training big co- coaching business sales teams. But the other portion of it is teaching solopreneurs. So um, that's where it started building up steam. And there was a certain point, and actually the, t- the tipping point for me, because I'm super resilient. I was like doing literally two jobs at once. I was right. running my own business and also running this other, multiple other teams. Um, and then COVID hit. COVID oh. had hit. And I was kind of, you know, one foot in, one foot out. I was like sales and teaching sales is kind of like my, you know, my side chick. Like I didn't <laughs> want to brag about it. I wanted all the focus to be on my fitness, which made sense. I mean, I, you just want to niche and talk about your thing. And then, yeah, there was like a, a couple of things that just really pointed me towards, okay, just go teach sales. And one of the blessings about that and, and, what, what that evolution has done for me as far as fitness is that before fitness used to be and teaching people how to be fit was like a means to an end. I could mm-hmm. just spend all day in the gym and I could work out when I wanted, I could do yoga when I wanted, but it wasn't necessarily always on my terms. Mm. Now, um, you know, most, most days my work day starts at 11 AM because I do my morning practices. I do my meditation, my journaling, my reading, I work out, I do my yoga, and then it's like, all right, I'm cool. I'm, I'm set. So now through learning sales and teaching sales, I, it's really allowed me to have the, the life that I wanted. And I've mm-hmm. always, I, I thought that when I was, you know, struggling and making mm-hmm. 14K a year that, oh, I wanted to have a, an open schedule. And I wanted to like, oh, I'll just go to the gym and like train a client and I'll have all the space, but it came at a cost. Yeah, because <laughs> I, I wasn't actually financially stable or it wasn't consistent. And now I realize that the more structure and the more systems I have in place that actually allows me to have 
the life that I, that I really wanted was to mm-hmm. be financially free, to have the free time. Um, and it, it took me, a, a, you know, it took me some time to really understand it. But, but now that I look back, it's like, I would call it a quantum leap. Like, I don't mm-hmm. know, it feels like it wasn't that long ago, but man, it happened, it happened relatively in the, in the, the spiritual sense. It happened faster than I could have ever thought. Mm, yeah. So I'm still, okay. Go back to again, because I feel like this was like a pivotal point in, in your life when you're like, was it your business coach that was like, okay, you're going to charge $3,000 and that's what we're going to do. And then just follow along. Or were you like, oh my gosh, because I know there's listeners like what? And then especially if you were the first person to be doing this at your gym. So you just decided to make this like leap of faith and go forward and listen to your business coach and then see what happened. And then talk about getting that first high paying client. What was that like? And how did that come into um, fruition? Well, again, I'm a resistant learner. I'm a little, I'm a little resistant. So they really had like said, this is like, if you want success and you want the, the fastest path to cash, then you need to start charging more. And I was like, so, oh my God, it, it was like, Lauren, it was, it was a struggle. I yeah. mean, because there was so much that I had inherited. I had, um, not inherited, um, internalized as far as my value mm-hmm. because, um, full, I'm, they can't see me, but I'm Filipino. I'm a, I'm a first generation Filipino. There was like a lot of generational messaging that, um, you know, don't charge a lot. Like, and then there's also this, this layer of, I was a, I would consider myself a, a healer in a way, right. I would help people with their pain and through workouts, like with back pain, shoulder pain, pain, all of it. So there, there's a layer of like a generational cultural, Mm -hmm. there was a layer of, um, starving healer, I call it like, well, this is just, I'm helping people. Like I right. should just do this for free or charge minimally. There's a layer of that. And then there's this overarching Western culture around, you know, there's a lot of belief systems that say, you know, don't rich people are fill in the blank, right? Right. To be rich or to desire wealth, you're greedy, right. Fill in the blank of whatever it is. So I had a lot of, <laughs> I had to do a lot. I still do a lot of deep work. In fact, um, I have a retreat in Oceanside in California, Southern California, where we work on these deep, deep, deep. I mean, and I say it one more time, deep yeah. money beliefs around, you know, how can you actually level up your money mindset? Um, a lot of coaches don't teach it on an experiential level. And mm-hmm. for me, I need to experience things. Like I can't before when I would, would get personal training, like it's touch, like a good t- touch me where it touch my butt, <laughs> not in a weird way, but like, yeah. where am I supposed to squeeze? Like I, I had to learn in that way. Um, but I, I, but going back to ex- experience, this is something that I really had to learn. Mm-hmm. So when it, cu- when it came to, okay, how did I start charging $3,000 a month? I just was at such a low, like mm-hmm. there, I was literally, I had tried this like little thing of marketing and like, I'll just be the cheapest person that was like the worst decision ever. Like right. I was barely making enough to not only pay my, my actual gym rent, but just my rent rents. Like I, I was barely surviving and it hit me that, oh, even if I charge the least, I'm still not like there's something missing. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, I, I hit that the, the thing that made me charge 
that much money was yes. My coaches told me, but I was like, I did not want to hear it because I was way too scared. Right. But I had to feel that fear. I mm-hmm. had to feel the fear. And this is one thing that people don't understand about, about courage. You need fear. Mm-hmm. Courage can't exist without fear. So for me to get the courage to charge $2,000 for a package, I had to feel the absolute bottom of fear. Mm-hmm. And so it was a combination. And getting that first client, I literally was like, there's a, there's something that I teach in sales. I'll just give it to, this is the gimme for everybody. Yeah. Just shut up, just stop. Well, after you out the, the program and the benefits and, and what they're going to get to shut up, shut mm. up, don't say anything. And I literally was like shoving my fist in my mouth, like just, just trying not to justify, not to over talk, not to convince them. Um, because ironically convincing does the opposite. Mm. Um, but I, I literally had to hold the tension and be okay being uncomfortable. And the moment that first client said, yes, I was like, are you sure? And like I said, that internally, I was like, are you right. sure? Like, holy shit, this really works. Yeah. So the moment I got my first client, I mean, it was just, it was like transformation. I, I don't know if there's a bigger word for that, but it was like a big bang. Mm. Like it just, how long really, did it take you to get your first client, high paying client? Three months Three after months. I learned after I really, and, but I, I'm, I'm a little, as you can tell, like if you haven't picked up, you know, went all the way with yoga, went yeah. all the way of strength training. I like, I went all in. It's just, it's just part of how I operate. I'm, I'm a fire sign. I'm a sad. I just go, I go all in. And I went all in and learning sales. I mean, like the, the books that I bought and the, the coaching, I mean, I, I just went all in and um, yeah, I just, I just know the power of, I just firmly believe because I experienced yeah. it. I mean, it was just right. like a, a quantum leap for me. Mm, I love that. Okay. So let's talk about, okay. How did you start to work with big names like Lisa Nichols. If you haven't heard of Lisa Nichols, she's like paved the way for motivational speakers. I've watched so many of her YouTube channels of just like how she speaks. When I learned how to become a speaker, I would watch her intently. And was like, what are her mannerisms? How does she speak? What are the stories she's sharing? Like Lisa Nichols is is huge. Um, and I'm sure you've seen her or heard of her that she has a million books, but how did you work, start to work with like big names like her? Right. Yeah. I mean, Lisa's, I mean, she is, if you haven't looked up Lisa Nichols, my God, yeah. she's just, she is a force to be reckoned with. Um, mm-hmm. so in that journey, so I, my, my first coaches hired me and other teams started picking up. They, they needed a sales manager. They needed people to like, either do some of the sales or most importantly, like get their sales team trained and ready, which is really one of my specialties that I do now. And, um, so that I have like what I call a home team. I, I work with Sage Levine and, uh, her company, it's multi seven figure, all women based training for, for business. And, um, Sage and Lisa have affiliated together, meaning they've partnered together on some things and actually, um, the, the person that runs Lisa's events heard through the grapevine that she needed somebody to train their sales team. And so it really was the magic of, of sisterhood. I mean, that's one thing I'm, I'm not sure if your community, I'm sure you talk about sisterhood and the power of us doing things together stronger. Um, but a, a friend referred me 
And wow. because I had just put my time and, and energy and I had, I had, I just worked my way up and it, it didn't happen overnight, but um, yeah, I got invited to train her team. If you look at my Instagram, she's one of the multi seven figure teams that I've, I've consulted and helped to train. And yeah, she, I mean, but also like, once you get Elisa's energy, you're just gonna, just gonna, you're gonna give her money. <laughs> she's just so great at what yeah. she does. Um, but yeah, I've been privileged to, and honored to, to train her team. That's so cool. So freaking <laughs> cool. So, okay. You talk about, okay, you were scraping by and then you're earning 15 K a month. What was that transformation? Like, as far as we talk about being, um, you know, your money mindset, you had to change. And I, I had, um, a woman on here, she's a financial coach. And I was sharing my story about, you know, one of five kids grew up. My dad was very, very frugal. And anytime he spent money, it was like, you know, when he would to scan his credit card or debit card, it was like, <gasps> you know, like, right. and then I adapted that. And then I really had to do work on myself. Like what, where's this coming right. from? Oh, this was modeled. So then I, every time I spend money, I have to feel the anxiety because he did. And then I had to retrain myself to not think as money as like the end all be all and know that it is always flowing is always coming and going. It's a, it, I look at it as an exchange and energy. Like it doesn't it freak me out. And then also like m developing my confidence. It's like, okay, I, I need to spend this money on a coach. I'm so, and I teach my listeners this too. If you want to get to the next level, hire somebody who has more experience than you and has been in the game. And now like, I don't really think too long about hiring a coach. I'm, I right. feel like it's doing a service to myself. It's like, it's right. a self-improvement. I am going to hire somebody because I value myself, but it took time. So talk about that money shift that you had to work through. And is there any like tips that you have that you had to tap into or, um, that transition period, how can you help others who might be stuck in that? We're like, Oh, devaluing themselves of like, Oh, I don't deserve that. Or I'm, you know, that's too expensive and nobody's ever going to pay that. Right. 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 Well, there, I mean, there's so many layers of, right. of money mindset here, but I'll, I'll just speak to this one piece. So I said earlier when the first I hit a low and I was like, something's got to change. I talked to a business coach and I for sure hundred percent said, I can't afford that. Mm -hmm. can't afford that. And in retrospect, I think she gave me the, 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 the lowest deal absolutely possible. She just wanted to get me in. And um, at the time, the the payment for the program was the same as my car. Mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, in my mind, I didn't have any wiggle room. I literally, you know, in, in my fear state, I was debating, okay, if this doesn't work, it's going to cost me a car. Like, I, I, if I cannot make this work, I will literally have no car to go, go to my gym and train my clients. I mean, it was like, to me, it felt so, um, it was a thwart. Like it mm. felt like my actual safety was at hand, my financial safety. And one of the beautiful things that, that I realized is, okay. And, and, and I had never gotten support, never learned marketing. I mean, this is just like back in the day, nobody taught me there wasn't coaches. You can go online, right? I can go outside and spit and hit a business coach. Like, it's just, you know, they're out there, but there was nothing like that. Um, and so I, 
I realized, and this is the kicker. So this is like, is this is you? If you say I can't afford it, and you are struggling, and you're at a bit of a low, and you or you just want to be able to wake up and start work at eleven and get done at four or three, and I I have flex Fridays. I do not work Fridays. Uh, I just took them. I just you know, one we talked about. I took a month, uh, a week off last week, um, and still had money coming in. Mm. Um, this is the shift. So pay attention. The shift yeah. is if you if you catch yourself saying I can't afford it, that's that might in your perspective might be the truth. And I know some of you would be like, well, Claire, it's true. I have it in my bank account. Okay, I hear you. I've been there. Believe me, I've been there. But the thing I want to present to you and offer you is, you are might be looking at the financial cost, like just the cost financially of I can't afford it. Because the truth was for me. It was costing me literally everything else in my life. It was costing me my peace of mind. It was costing me my dreams. It was costing me potential. Like back then, if I didn't, if I hadn't gotten resourceful, there's no way I would be having $50,000 launches, having consistent 10, 20, 30K months. There's just no way um, I would have the peace that I have now back then mm. it was costing me time mm -hmm. the time i mean i was the queen of i'm gonna buy this 97 dollar course and go on youtube it was that took that was took so much time it's what i call the spaghetti on the wall business plan it's like mm -hmm. let me just try all the free stuff and try to piecemeal it together that doesn't work mm-hmm and if it does work, it takes exponentially longer if you just had the plan and the how. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was costing me time, energy. Man, I wasted so much energy trying to figure it out on my own. It's it's like you're spinning the, your wheels. That's what it feels mm -hmm. like. You're spinning your wheels. You're not getting any traction. So that's when I, I really realized that it was either I would need to get resourceful and, or it was going to keep costing me time, energy, peace of mind, my emotional state. I was not emotionally as stable as I am now because mm -hmm. of that. So, um, and here's the reality. I'm going to give you my little secret. I had said very adamantly, I was like, I can't afford that. No way I could afford a same car payment of, you know, a, a business plan payment, the same as my car payment. I need that. But when I started to like get resourceful, and by the way, this is just one of my pillars and what I believe in, I believe humans are extremely capable. I mean, we are so, can I say the F word? Yeah, say it. <laughs> you as a listener, you are so fucking capable. Uh, yeah. Like, literally, if you are a woman, especially you create life, mm -hmm. your body I just, I'm not a mom, but I'm just like, I love women and what we're yeah. able, your body is like the predator. It just, your bones <laughs> shift and your joints move and you out of your vagina. We push like, <laughs> just, I mean, if you don't think you're capable, just look yeah. at that. Right. Look at the magic of being a fucking woman is like, you are mm -hmm. so capable, so yeah. capable. So when I, when I look back, when I look at just the hu human capacity to overcome challenges, mm -hmm. to, to create electricity, right? To create this, the screen that mm -hmm. we're talking on right now, the, the audio waves, like what, what? <laughs> Humans are so 
fucking capable. Mm-hmm. So, and it's not like it's the cap the capability is reserved for certain people. Oh my God. Our yeah. right, our capability, our potential is limitless, truly. Truly. If you really don't think that is in your woman, look at your mother. Mm-hmm. She create like right. Or, you know, another influential person, like it's, we're so capable. Yeah. And what I had told myself was that I was incapable. Mm-hmm. That was the story. That was the narrative that was, that I had, in, I had taken on mm-hmm. from parents and we love our parents. We love them. They did the best they could with the tools they had, but I really had internalized a lot of that. So if you say I can't afford it, it's it's you're not looking at the the capability and the resource that you might have. So here's my dirty, my dirty little secret. My secret was that I had made all these mental agreements with myself because the truth the truth was I had a savings account, but the I I had been <laughs> burned by the IRS. So I had done my research. I'm like, oh, I have a savings account. Put this much money away. I did have the money, but I had made a mental agreement that I was, I, at the, at that point was unwilling to break. I had made a mental agreement around credit cards that I was like, I can't open a credit card. Can't do that because credit cards are bad. And just hint, hint, if you want to build a business, institutions like banks will not give you money unless you are credible. And guess how you get credible with a bank? You get credit. Right. You need that. So I had made a, a mental agreement not to touch my savings, mental agreement to not open credit cards. I made a mental agreement to not t- to ask people because in my mind, I created a narrative that I can't ask for help. You, you know, there's like a lot of talk in my family, figure it out, like do it on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know, and, and the theme of me going all in is like just rampant. I went all in. I said this, if this is going to be my last hurrah before I go find a job at Target, by the way, if you work at Target, I think you'd probably get a great discount like that. I mean, come on, you can't go into Target and not not buy something. Right. So I was like, but I was really clear like this. This had to work or I had to figure I had to change. I had to do something different. So I got really resourceful. I did all of those. I asked I asked my mom and my sister who both said no. Mm-hmm. This is and this is the kicker. OK, this is the kicker. I asked an ex-boyfriend. Oh, he gave me money. What? I he know. Must have. <laughs> I know. He must he, have really he, wanted you. <laughs> he did. <laughs> and I, I did pay him back. But I mean, I, I did the things that, you know, I had to break a lot of my own agreements. I had to really rethink and refeel into. And that's how strong my vision was. I, I, Yes, I had a lot of limiting beliefs. I can't open a credit card. I can't blah, 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 blah. And the moment I was willing to break through those was when that those moments is, it was like the armor and the shell that I created around myself to stay in my comfort zone. Because mm-hmm. guess what? Not asking for money, not being willing to stretch Get you to stay in your little egg. You stay in your comfort zone, but the the change and the transformation doesn't happen inside the egg. It happens when you break through. Mm. So all those little pecks that I was doing, and there was a lot. I mean, I pecked, 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 
And when I finally broke through, that's when I was like, I was the butterfly. I was like, holy crap, this is really, it's really changed for me. Um, that, so when, it, when I, when I hear somebody say, I can't afford it first, my, my heart just opens up. I'm like, I get it. Yeah. I get it. I get when we think that nothing's possible, mm-hmm. but the question is, have you, have you really tried? Have right. you really tried, pecked past your, your comfort zone? Cause right. that's where, it, that's where it happens. Getting out of that comfort zone for sure. Doing things that you don't think you're ready right now to do, or, you know, asking for things that you don't think are even in reach. I've sent so many emails where I'm like, there is no way that this person is going to want to be on my podcast. There's no way. And then I'm shocked of like, okay. And I look at it as, okay, I have a 50% chance of hearing a yes. And you just look at that, like you have a 50% chance of it working, of you succeeding. And the only way you're going to get to that 50% chance is if you take that risk. And now I look at it like, okay, if I don't ask, then I'm not going to hear a yes. And, you know, and then knowing that, oh, if they say no, it's not right now, you know, and don't take it so um, personally. So I love that you, you said that and it's opened so many doors that I just had a, and it's for podcasts like these that paved the way for me and like people sharing their journey and their story and hearing story, like stories like yours, it paves the way for other women to be like, oh yeah, I'm in this trap of like, I'm hitting a wall where I don't, I can't even see what's outside of the wall, their possibilities. Cause I'm still stuck in this mindset, but really right. it's just like, we're just like you. And it's just like, okay, we took the chance and we invested or whatever it is we asked. And then that is where you're going to, um, reach the next, the next level. Um, not everybody that listens to this show has a business, but maybe you're in sales at work. I have people that you know, sell different things. They sell gutters or they sell closets. And, um, what, where do you see women? Where's the struggle coming from where women are like, Oh, I don't want to sound, you know, pushy, or it makes me feel icky or whatever, because there's multiple times in our life. Maybe it's not selling a physical product. Maybe it's trying to convince somebody to do something for you or, you know, convincing your family to go on this vacation and they don't want to do it or whatever it is. How, what are some of your tips you have to like actually convincing somebody to buy into whatever you're offering? Right. I love this question. Um, and this is something that I dive into in my um, three month program when I work with solopreneurs that are really wanting consistent 10, 20, 30 K months. Um, and this is like the way I see it, there's really two things to look at. And I'll, I'll talk about one of them today, but you need number one, the strategy. There's actually like how you do something. Right. Mm-hmm. And the other piece is the mindset. Mm. It's like two wings of a bird. Mm. Right. It's the same thing. Let's lose another example would be working out. I want mm. to have, you know, a, a Beyonce booty, right? There is, there is definite strategy, right? You can't just work your shoulders and expect to have a Beyonce, but like, there's like, mm. there's a, there's a way and a method and how to get that. But there's also the mindset, mm-hmm. right? If you just go once to the gym and like, don't show up because your mindset isn't tailored to reaching a goal then it doesn't matter if you have the best strategy. You can have the perfect strategy, but if you don't have the mindset, the mindset is what creates the consistency and gets you there. So to me, I look at 
um, being able to sell, you need both. You need to have the mindset and you need to have the strategy. So I'll, I'll just speak to the one thing right now, which is the mindset. So the mindset that I would like to invite and shift for everybody is that you're actually not, you don't want to convince people. Mm-hmm. It's actually not, imagine this. If you were on a date or you're married, you don't really convince somebody to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Like love really needs to be aligned. And you, you, if, if so, for example, if you want kids and they don't, uh, that's gonna, it may not catch up right now, but eventually that's going to be a misalignment. Mm-hmm. It's gonna, somebody's gonna end up not feeling great about it. You, you picking up on the totally. right now, like this. Yeah. Right. So you don't really, even that's like, that's like romantic, like why we don't want to, also, if you have to convince somebody to be in love with you, that's just not a good fit. You know, I mean, like you, nobody should have to convince anybody to love. Mm -hmm. And and quite frankly, also, even if you could, it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. So I don't ever recommend convincing. I mean, that's just not right. It's not a good thing. And and, and on a business aspect, they turn into like bad clients. Like they, you don't want to, you don't want to have somebody like ask for a refund. It happens, but like ultimately you don't, um, or they are, yeah, are just a pain in the ass. (laughs) Right. I'm a a big fan. I only attract and work with people who freaking light me up. Right. And I will show up for them tenfold. And I've done this, like I've had clients who I could sense initially, like, I, you know, I'm really good at selling and they ended up just, it's not good because I, your, your energy is not going to be behind it. So Mm -hmm. the first mindset thing is not convincing. You don't want to have to convince somebody, but what you do want to create is alignment and see if there's alignment, not create it. I should, let's just see if there's alignment, right? So I'll, I'll just kind of use a fitness analogy again. And this might also trigger people because I, I know I certainly was like, I can help you with anything. You're obese. I can help you. You're, you want to train for a marathon. I can help you. You've got back pain. I can help you, but you can't actually, we're not McDonald's. We can't serve a billion. We're not really meant if we want to be on purpose, we're not actually supposed to serve everybody. Mm-hmm. We're not supposed to date everybody. We're not mm-hmm. supposed to marry everybody. And when people invest in you, but that's what's happening. They're investing in you. You are not supposed to work with everybody. Mm-hmm. So it's okay if things aren't aligned because it, there are more efficiency. There's going to be other opportunities. So um, I don't recommend convincing because it really is about taking a stand for who you work with and who you want to work with. And who is what I would say divinely yours? Like who, who, and when you have those right clients, like I'm thinking about my clients, like, God, I freaking love them. They right. Love you look forward to spending time Perfect. with them and yeah. Right. Right. And so, um, it's not about convincing. It is about seeing if there's alignment, mm-hmm. like align. And as a yogi, yeah, I love handstand. A handstand was like one of those, you know, mystery poses for me for a long time a handstand that you can keep holding and it's straight. It's, it is about alignment. Mm-hmm. It's like about, it's so effortless. It just all stacks up. So it's, it is about in a sales perspective, it's about seeing, Oh, what is an alignment? Do you want something that I can help you with? 
what is your vision and do I have the tools and the support to get you there? Mm. And that's all it is. That's so good. So yeah. good. Uh, okay. So we've been chatting for a, a while here. Um, I want to get into some, uh, juicier ones. So, um, you had, now there's listeners that are, you know, different opinions, whatever. And I think I love having conversations with people that have different views or different experiences. So I've had an episode where I talk about, I have breast implants and, you know, my experience has been great. I love them. (laughs) You know, I've had them for a while now and you just had your, and I've listened to other people who've had, um, you know, side effects to them and you had yours removed and I don't know your story, but you're, you said that's something we can, um, talk about. So can you go into, you said that was like a huge sales mistake and can you go into why you chose to have, uh, have them removed and what that's been like? Oh, I love that you asked this. I mean, I gotta check myself. I don't talk too much around this. Okay. So I did when I was in fitness, the te- this is so, uh, I just, my heart, oh, my heart just feels for the, the person that I was. So I got off stage. I was so proud of like how I did. And like, I, somebody had told me, go ask the judges what they're looking for, which is like mm. already like a smoking gun. Right. Right. Like, so I come down and one of them says to me, um, you need to, you know, you need to have boobs. Like this wow. is what balances out your thing. And I, and immediately I was like, I'm not getting boobs. That's stupid. And like, I was so like, right. Like my, I would like to say my divine self like spoke up. She's like, no, right. like, of course you don't do that. And I was still in the cycle. I was like in competitions and I was doing well. And it, the reason I wasn't was because I didn't have boobs. So, wow. And I'm super I was a little impulsive. I one day I was in the gym and I was like looking at my the mirror, damn, I'm looking good. And then I realized like, oh wow, I do look like I have like small boobs. Mm-hmm. And two weeks later, I got boobs. Oh my and, gosh. Oh, I mean, it was just like, yeah. Maybe well, maybe it wasn't two weeks, it's like in a month. But um, I remember going into my consultation. And this is by the way, I'm not blaming the surgeon. Mm-hmm. I'm not because, um, ultimately who's responsible for anything that we have in our lives. It's us. We mm-hmm. are responsible. And if you are not willing to take ownership and responsibility, then you will always be and feel victimized. You will feel victimized by people, circumstances, all of it. So I just want to make sure, make sure this is not me going after plastic surgeons. I, I made decisions and I made choices. Mm-hmm. But what I will say was a sales mistake because I didn't ask the right questions. I didn't, I didn't ask the right, there's no other way to say it. I didn't, I didn't get curious. And there's things now the FDA has put a black box around um, implants. Like they have to disclose that there are, there are certain things that happen. I don't want to quote the wrong thing, but I would recommend your listeners look at that it's a concern that, mm-hmm. that some of these things that were not communicated um, because I didn't also ask. Right. And I didn't ask because quite frankly, I didn't want to know because quite frankly, I wanted what I wanted. Right. So that's, that's just the big aha around that. And that's why it was a sales mistake. I wasn't willing to be an advocate for myself. I wasn't willing to ask and I wasn't really willing to, I wasn't, I wasn't willing to just hear truth. Mm -hmm. 
and listen to my own truth, which was, I didn't, I didn't need them. And so, um, that's, that's where it starts. Like I got boobs and here's the irony too. So I got boobs. Um, what they don't tell you after any surgery is that your body retains fluid, your, your liver, the anesthesia they put in you, the meds. I, I mean, it was at least six or so months after, but I look at my pictures and I was retaining fluid. Oh, I was, yeah. I was like, I mean, I looked, I, I'll just, I, you know, I was bloated, right? right? Not a good look for being on stage. You want to be like as lean as possible, but I didn't do the proper detox for just forget to look thin. I did, I, I did not process the, the, chemicals that the, mm-hmm. cause anesthesia is a chemical. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I didn't, I didn't like, according to their standards of the NPC, I did not look great. Mm. And the irony was I, 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 then I hit my max and it was in the backstage of a thing. And I'm like, I got these boobs and nothing's working. And I'm like, I'm fucking miserable. Yeah. So I, I competed about maybe a year after that and I, I had boobs. So fast forward, they were fun. I mean, yeah, and they were fun for a little bit. Um, and then, and there's, this is just my experience and there's plenty of support out there that yeah. um, definitely there's, there's a Facebook group healing by Nicole. I highly recommend joining there. Of course, if you have questions, you can ask me on Instagram. I'm, I'm an open book with this, but um, my, so I'm sure your listeners are like, well, why did you get them removed? I got them removed because I was getting sick. Mm. and nothing made sense. Nothing. I was eating relatively clean, meaning, and I hate to say that word, Ugh, God, it's just jargon nowadays. I wasn't like eating Cheetos every day. Okay. Right. Like I yeah. had gone dairy free. <laughs> yeah. I had gone, I had gone and nothing's wrong with Cheetos. If you like Cheetos, freaking right. eat the Cheetos. Okay? <laughs> oh Life is too short yeah. um, to, to, to restrict yourself from the society's beauty standards, stupid. So, um, I had, uh, it was dairy and gluten-free and the, the thing that really was a kicker (coughs) was that I was exhausted. Okay. Exhausted. I'm talking, I would wake up and be exhausted. I could have, I think at my lowest, I was getting maybe 10, hours of sleep and every day almost, and still feeling like just so tired. My gut was a wreck. It was a wreck. Mm. I mean, I, let's just say I I couldn't live normal life if there was not a bathroom nearby. Wow. And I mean, I was doing all the health. I mean, I was taking probiotics and like I had an Ayurvedic person and finally it just was like, okay, this is the only factor. Mm -hmm. This is the only factor. And, and then hearing other women as well, like their symptoms. And, and I'll say this, there's, there's, there's still a lot of debate around whether or not, uh, and I, I just have also very strong opinions about women being silenced mm-hmm. and not really being heard when we say we're experiencing something. I mean, it's just wake up a little and like look around. Yeah. at our society nowadays, like we're, women are told to be quiet right. to, and, and not listen to. So anyway, the research is still being done around, okay, is this, is, is, um, our breast implants directly linked? Now I will say this, um, some women, I, for example, I was experiencing some versions of neck and shoulder pain. 
Mm. And not, it's so hard because was it from the inflammation? Was it because my body was literally being pulled a certain way? I think it was a combination. Mm -hmm. Um, But the thing with an implant, whether it's a breast implant, a knee implant, a ACL implant, it's a foreign body. Mm -hmm. And so when your body has a foreign body, it's, it, 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 it will react typically as an immune disorder because it's your body trying to fight the foreign body. And typically this happens anywhere from six years onward, you're, you're as a person that has breast implants, it'll amplify and immune disorders can look like literally Hashimoto's. It can look like just RA. It can look like uh, for me, mine were still subtle, but I'm pretty, I was, you know, moderately in tune with my body. Like I was, anything would make me blow to the extreme. Mm. I mean, I, it, I had to be so just watched or else I would bloat. Um, the exhaustion. I have a picture on my Instagram. Like there was a picture. I took a picture the morning of, and then I took a picture two or three days later and my eyes were white. Like I didn't know that my eyes were kind of yellowish and like reddish oh. all the time. Yeah. So, and then that's, that's just the inflammation. That's because there, my, my, my body was fighting something that was, you know, a foreign body. So I say this because I also going to protect myself. This is my story, my right. experience. And also my surgeon did tell me, you know, I would like to say that she, she was compassionate, but she kind of was not. She should have told me, well, like, well, there's no direct link and there's no, there's no research, research hasn't supported it yet. But my question was like, what's the research? Mm-hmm. How many women have been talked to? Like, right. Because they're at the end of the day, protecting their livelihood. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I was like, I was really clear. Well, this is the only, I've done everything. I've tried right. everything. Yeah. And if this is, we won't know until I, unless I get them out. I got to get them out. And by the way, if you are exploring this, you want to make sure you get an N block, N block or, uh, um, like a a full explant, which means that you're, there's a capsule that surrounds the actual implant. Mm -hmm. And the mistake most women get is they just, they just slice into the the tissue and they just take the implant out, but it's kind of like a placenta. That's what I think of the, the capsule holds all the toxins. So unless you remove the capsule, the toxins, they don't get just broken down. It's not like, it's like plastic literally in the planet. Like it doesn't just get broken down. It stays in your system. So you have to get the whole, all of that removed for, um, for that, the toxins to be out of your body. Again, talk to your surgeon. I'm speaking about my personal choices right. of why I did it. I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm. So how long ago did you have those removed? October 25th, 2021, 2021. And did you immediately experience like this difference in your body or did it have, you did. Wow. Hell yes. Wow. I immediately, I was sleeping so much deeper. I didn't realize that I had some sleep issues. Mm -hmm. And of course, like this is a, it's a journey. You can also, I am experiencing like a wave of detox. So some of the symptoms that you are, that you are, you have before they kind of like flare up. Mm-hmm. A lot of it can be induced by stress, which was true for me. Um, so yeah, I, I did immediately notice even the week of, even though I was like incapacitated, like you can't, it's a major surgery. Right. Um, 
I noticed that my sleep was thorough and deeper. Um, and even now I will say the biggest thing I noticed is my energy. Wow. I'm like, I mean, I can, I can keep going and I don't want to, I don't mean like going off the cliff. Like I'm, I right. can, I have the, the, the old me that could like just energize her bunny is, I mean, she's not fully back, but man, it was really bad. Before. Wow. And how long did you have them in? I was at about 11 years. Wow. Okay. I can't even remember. I kind of blacked that. I mean, that was just like, I was like in a deep, dark place when I got those. So it was, yeah, I mean, it's just, just true for me. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So let's go into last week. That's what I kind of want to finish on. It's like you took um, a break from social media of work, just like coming into your own again. Can you tell us like what led to that point and, you know, tips if somebody's out there, like, I just need to feel like a connection to myself again, or how do I do that? What, how talk us, talk us through your personal experience and like any tips that, um, you have for listeners who might be like, I need that in my life. (laughs) Uh, Well, let's start with why, what I was really wanting. Okay. I wanted to feel inspired. I wanted to feel creative again. I wanted to actually enjoy my life. And I didn't realize, um, there's a couple of things going on and uh, a good friend of mine just kind of like, like, you know, across the face a couple of times around. Yeah. I I had taken, um, almost a month off in 2021 for my surgery. And really, I'm really blessed. This is the beauty of being an entrepreneur and having a business and, and being able to, um, not be tied down with time for money, which is with the beauty of, of coaching and, and, and having a business like that. Basically I didn't work from, from, um, I shouldn't say work. I didn't have big things planned. And essentially I had taken off October, November, December last year. Wow. And even though I had made this conscious choice, the reality was it wasn't quote unquote time off. What I was doing was healing, right? (laughs) I was healing. I was healing from a major surgery. And when I got back, I'm like, ah, like January is gonna be so amazing. And I'm ready to go. And it was a good January and it's still February but I didn't realize that I didn't actually have time off like, and time off, meaning not healing time off to not be stimulated, to, um, to reconnect with myself, to not be in comparison. Mm. And let's face it, you go on the internet, you, it's just, it, it's, and I, I want to also protect, like, if, if you're in that phase and you're kind of, you know, I know I can feel defensive sometimes around, well, I have to, it's for my work. That was kind of like my thing that I would say, I got to go on the internet. It's for my work. Um, the ego's job is to compare, to, right. to keep us safe on a very like primal level. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to compare me to this other cave woman and she's fighting the saber tooth tiger. Oh shit. She just got eaten. Like, comparing is actually like a function of survival, but now in this day and age, like we're constantly comparing, constantly comparing ourselves to an image we don't even know is real. Totally. Right. 
So we're seeing like, I'll use an example, fitness people, right? I used to compare myself all the time. You don't know if that's the first picture they took in the morning and they did, a, you know, they, they're, they're, they're dried out because they push. You don't know any of that. Mm-hmm. You don't know any of the facts. So um, I, the reality was I had not given myself time off like really just, just to get myself together. And the truth was I was feeling a little burnt out. Yeah. I was kind of in the mode of doing, got to do a post, got to do a reel, got to do, 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 do. And even though I liked doing those things, my passion was not there. I was like, right. kind of just, you know, doing the motion. And uh, yeah, I, I decided to give myself the gift of literally no social media. And in fact, today I was like, God damn, <laughs> can't wait to do this again. Um, and yeah. not, and not, but I, I do love posting and being connected with people and, and sharing my life. But when you take that time off, it's actually in yoga. If, if anybody's practiced hot yoga in the second half of the practice, Shavasana corpse pose, where you literally lay down and play dead, like lay down. It's, it's planned. It's part of it. You can't actually do the practice and not lay down. Like right. you're the weirdo that's standing up trying to do more. Like, and just it, even in honor of that tradition, any yoga practice, I should say, I'm going to, I don't know. There's all these uh, brand new ones now, but in traditional yoga, in the asana practice, you do corpse pose at, that's part of the practice. Like you're supposed to lay down and be still. And this is something that I don't think is taught. Mm. It's not honored in our society rise and grind. Yeah. Uh, give me another one. Like, uh, no pain, no gain. Gotta, gotta put right. So it's yeah. like, there's a lot of masculine messaging around pushing, doing, working. And the truth is women, we are, we have this beautiful ability to receive. Um, and this is why I love yeah, Hindu mythology. Well, goddesses, they don't, they don't have to do anything. They just are, they just are the <laughs> shit. Like yeah, you know, they are the thing. And so I think for women, especially if we want more, it's not about doing more, checking more off the list. It's actually about stillness, receiving. And I, I, I'm so glad I gave myself the gift and I didn't document shit for Instagram. I didn't, I didn't take any pictures. I, it was amazing. I yeah. stayed in a five-star hotel in the mountains. I mean, I, and I, I, I thought to myself, like, the, you know, the little voice is like, oh, you should, you should take a picture. And I'm like, no. This is for yeah. me. This is sacred. This is my yeah. treat. This is my gift to myself. And I don't mm. think women do that enough for, for each other. That's so good. It's so good. I've come to this, um, like practice where I take Sundays off of social media and it's yeah. like, it's, it is a gift. It's like, no, I don't have to document anything, you know? And it's, but yeah, when you're in that space, you feel like, okay, I got to do more. And am I going to lose followers? And is my engagement going to go down if I don't post? And it's like this stupid thing, you know? So, um, you know what, this is what I thought. I I had the same thought too. And I thought if, if somebody stops following me because they're, they don't value giving themselves a break, they're not my people anyway. Totally. Oh, that's good. Right. Yeah. I mean, just think about that. Yeah. If people can't, aren't going to be there for you or aren't willing to, to let you give you the space, by the um, way, that's, it's actually less about you too. Yeah. It's really a reflection of what they value in themselves. Mm-hmm. So this is also why you got to be really crystal clear on like why you're doing something. And for me, I know that 
I, I got it also number one being integrity. I tell people to, to, to slow down, to speed up all the time. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not willing to be a self leader and actually practice what I preach for no reason other than I, I am a human who by birthright deserves, but by just not even deserves because deserves usually means you have to do something by birthright. I get to receive rest mm -hmm. and beauty and ease, then I have to show that to people. And the people that want to unfollow, see you later. I'm not your person. Yeah. Um, bye. Gotta bye. go. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Oh my gosh. So good. I feel, I don't know, just the, what you offer today. I feel this connection and it, it it's just such a good reminder to hear like, it's okay. You know, it's okay to slow down. It's okay to have a different opinion from, you know, somebody it's okay to, you know, really honor what is going on. Like with you, with your implants, what is going on with yourself and being like, no, just because somebody's telling me I'm not feeling like this. I, I know I am. So, um, I just appreciate your time and your insight. Where can people find you if they want to follow you, if they're interested in hearing more about you and your offerings, where, where can they get all of you? Oh, yeah. They can follow me on Instagram at Claire, C-L-A-R-E underscore Quee, C-U-I. I'm mostly there on IG and I give a lot, a lot of tips around business, specifically sales, but also I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big proponent on talking about the mindset. Like I love teaching strategy, but again, it's two wings of the bird. If you, if you don't have the mindset piece around your value and how to communicate that or, or yeah, I mean, if you don't have the mindset, I don't care if the strategy is perfect. It's, you won't be able to do it mm. or it'll take you a really long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So good. Thank you so much for being here. And I just loved having this conversation with you. Oh, thank you for having me and just big hugs to your listeners. And yes. you know, my, my last piece of parting advice is, you're worth it. Ooh, so you're just you're worth it. You are you're worth, worth it. it. I love that. Don't doubt yourself. Don't doubt your, uh, your worthiness, your capability. Like it, it's so good when you really believe that you are, you are worth it. Yeah, totally. Awesome. You guys remember, if you love this episode, please make sure you leave a review on Apple podcasts. You can also leave a re review on Spotify, share it with your social media, uh, tag Claire and tag myself. I'll leave all of our information in the show notes. You guys remember you're amazing and you got this. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode, make sure you are subscribed so you know when more episodes come available. My goal is to inspire others to become their vision, and one way to get the word out is with reviews. I would really appreciate it if you left an honest review on iTunes, and it would mean so much to me. Thanks again, and remember to go after the life you want. Bye, guys. Bye.